that's uh, Beyonce's quote that poor Beyonce didn't actually say. <laughs> so it's not a Beyonce quote. And uh, yeah, Beyonce does not uh, endorse or support this statement. Be- in any Beyonce way. may or may Ooh. not endorse this statement, but let's stop subscribing it to her, shall we? <laughs> Okay, do you guys want to know what we're going to talk about today? Heck yeah, Reno. Okay, well, let's introduce ourselves and do it. Um, Hi, everybody. Welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast where we um, aim to find middle ground in the problematic wellness space. My name is Jenny Omani. I am a registered nurse and a business owner. My name is Annika Buckle. I am in the middle of an existential crisis. Hi, my name is Lee Freiling. I'm in the middle of a master's degree, which also could be phrased as an existential crisis. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. I mean, aren't we all in the middle of an existential crisis? Yeah. I mean, what even <laughs> is life? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, okay. I'm kind of excited to just do like a free chat today on a topic that I feel like comes up a lot, especially within the wellness space. And I found a quote that really uh, sums it up. Um, so I'm going to pop it in the chat. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Go. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. You, this, is, this is, you have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's right? talk about this. Let's talk about I this. I just, sure. I threw up in my mouth a little when I read that out loud. <laughs> right. <laughs> So this is along the same lines as like that super problematic Kim Kardashian like quote ah, that came nobody out. wants to work anymore. Yeah, like yeah. get off your fucking ass and get to work. And it's like, uh, 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 sorry, Kim, but your privilege and your blatant ignorance are both showing. Like, I know. I, you may as well be naked I, in Times Square. Like, that's what was happening there. <laughs> I mean, she could, she has been probably at some point. No, I, um, she, she, <laughs> I also really like love, hate how all of her like former staffers came out and were like, Hey, so like I wasn't working for the Kardashians and not even making minimum wage. So there's that. Really? Yes. Oh, that's bad. I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not good. Yeah. The only thing I really know about the Kardashians and this is has nothing to do with today's topic is I thoroughly enjoyed the OJ Simpson deep dive on you're wrong about (laughs) and they don't even really talk about Rob Kardashian that much other than the fact that he had allegedly on video they can see him with the bag that OJ Simpson traveled with like because he flew away right up anyways whatever came back and no one ever found the bag and so it's like, what was in the bag? And so, of course, it's like, obviously, it was all the bloody clothes and proof that he murdered right. Nicole Brown Simpson. And evidence. It was evidence that was in the bag. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because the evidence at the scene of the crime was apparently not enough. Anyways, that is not what we're talking about today. But uh, that's my <laughs> that's my Kardashian uh, knowledge, because I find the rest of them really annoying, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> that's just me. Poo. Like raining on everybody's parade. I don't like Kim Kardashian. Um, but Beyonce, so poor Beyonce, let's just say that this quote has nothing to do with Beyonce herself. Cause she, 
<laughs> Do not make queen, this queen, quote. queen Bay. Queen Bay is just a, a casualty in a quote like this. She totally is. And I'm willing to bet if you asked Beyonce about that quote, she I would like to think anyways that she would um, help, uh, you know, people see how problematic it is, because I don't think she's ever been someone who's pretended that she does everything herself. No. And I also think that she is someone who has, you know, made inroads as far as, you know, being a positive representation for black people and also a positive voice for black people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the yeah. dead, dead last person who should ever be saying those words at all, because I'm just like a white lady who lives in a nice house on a mountain. But like, yeah. um, it is my understanding that as much as she is a billionaire, she also kind of like recognizes, you know, that you know, a quote like that would be highly problematic. Of course, yeah. I'm literally projecting because I just like Beyonce probably. Yes, where, totally. where I'm coming from I feel like we're yeah. all just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can trash Kim Kardashian, but I'm not prepared to trash Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> it's like punching up versus punching down, right? Or punching yeah. laterally, right? Right. <laughs> so this quote for me, interestingly enough, I first heard this quote in Rachel Hollis's book. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, speaking of problematic individuals. Uh, Ray Ray. But, uh, Ray, but Ray. it was at a time when I read, was it Girl, Wash Your Face? That was the first one, yep. right? Yeah. I read it and thought it was so motivating mm-hmm. and so inspirational. Yep. And I was yep. like, oh my gosh, Guilty, she's totally. right. I do have the same amount of hours a day as Beyonce. So for context, Rachel Hollis, uh, I believe um, had this quote in her closet so that when she, every day when she got dressed, because her closet was big enough to stand in, I don't have the same closet <laughs> as Rachel Hollis. I'm just going to throw let's, that out there. Again, well, that's just like a <laughs> privileged sidebar about, <laughs> I, I live in a house that I didn't incomes. have a closet. So, oh, well, there you go. Um, I do have a closet, but I cannot stand in it. Um, Anyways, she had the quote in her closet so that when she got dressed in the morning, it was like a reminder for her that she um, had the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce and could, you know, be whatever she wanted to be, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I found that so motivating. And what was contextually for me when that book came out and I found it motivating, I was um, very deep within a direct sales environment. And, um, the messaging in general was very much of that Rachel Hollis. Um, she was a, that was the year that she did, um, keynotes at a bunch of different direct sales companies, uh, conferences and was really like the voice of motivation for that particular group. So that's the context I came from it. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. And in hindsight, looking back on that period of my life, I have never um, been uh, busier and less fulfilled (laughs) at the same time Mm -hmm. as when I was Mm -hmm. trying to have the same amount of hours as a day as Beyonce and do all the things. I arguably, not even arguably, I do way more now with way less stress because I, I, I mean, I'm sure part of it is I'm enjoying all of it. But also I'm not feeling, I don't have any aspirations to do anything that is comparative to Beyonce. Yeah, (laughs) I think think it's a, I think there's an interesting dynamic to this kind of concept of like, you have the same number of hours in the day as Beyonce. Now I'm sure we're going to get to chat about the fact that like Beyonce has a team of who knows how many people who are multiplying (laughs) every single thing that she's doing all day long. 
but I think, and I'm not defending this concept because I mean, I'm with you. I think part of the appeal for people like us, which, you know, we can talk about how it is that we're all similar in that capacity is that we're all like, we're all people who basically wired to achieve and wired to, you know, do the thing, reach the top of the mountain, get the goal, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And I think until Rachel Hollis, there were very few women who were teaching other Mm -hmm. women how to actually maximize their day. A lot of the advice around how to maximize your day was coming from, you know, men, Tony Robbins types people. And that just didn't land for a lot of, a lot of women's now we women's that's not a word. Um, now the challenge is, is that really all Rachel Hollis was ever doing was repackaging the Tony Robbins esque, you know, take every single second. Tony Robbins, but make it pink. Exactly. Make it check. Right. And so, you know, the, 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 I think the thing that landed for me, cause I'm with you when I read Rachel Hollis, I was like, fuck yeah, this is so good. Like she's telling us like the real deal. And I think it was a response to, you know, just listening to women forever and ever and ever be like, oh, I could never do that because X, Y, Z, this, what, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and she was coming out going like, actually, no, like you could get your quote unquote act together and do this thing that you actually think you want to do. You don't need to be held back by whatever constraints you sort of imagined to be. Now, the challenge is, is that this whole thing went way too far and it went Mm. so far as to, and I know Jenny, you can speak to this, like everybody's getting up at 5 a.m. and having Mm -hmm. this routine. And if you don't have your morning routine, then everything is shit. And if you're not working out every day, and if you're not drinking half your weight in water every day, which, oh my God, like the amount of time I spent peeing doing that. <laughs> I swear I could have been more productive if, if, if productivity is the actual goal here, I could have been so much. More- well, you should have your phone with you in the bathroom and then you can be working while you're peeing and then you're really not ever losing any time. So it's fine. Oh my I- God. So (laughs) sorry, that's too funny. Well, but really think about it. Right. And so I think the challenge was, is that, you know, like all of this stuff that we've been talking about, and then we will continue to talk about, there are good bits in it. There are helpful bits in it. The problem is, is that we live in a place that wants to binaryize. That's not a Mm -hmm. word, (laughs) but create a on off. Yes. No good, bad all in all out sort of version of whatever helpful thing you're learning about. And then we take it to that extreme. So, you know, I think, and I'm hardly defending Rachel Hollis because girlfriend's got some stuff to contend with, but I think the reason why it hits, why it landed was because at the time, you know, whatever this was, 2016, 2017, 2018, whatever it was at the time, you know, she was kind of the one, she was kind of the one yeah. being like, you know, Hey ladies, by the way, if, if that, if there's actually something you want to do, you can do it. It just needs to look different from what you had thought. I a hundred percent echo kind of all of that Lee. And I think I was thinking as we were kind of talking about what we were going to talk about today, I think about that, this kind of era of my life, uh, as like the, the boss babe era, 
And I think Uh, this is kind of wrapped up in that. And again, you know, I came to that and felt like, wow, like I have community and I can achieve. Um, And a lot of that feels really good. Like totally, uh, those are things I hadn't felt in a really, 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 really long time. Um, and things I kind of, in some ways had just given up that I was ever going to get to have in my life. And so, um, again, like so much, and I just, I cringe thinking about, you know, and I think this is like hard to talk about, but also really important to be self-reflective. Like the things that I said, the things that I told people I was coaching, the things that I posted on the internet, like all just very, very problematic when I look at it now and, you know, was purposeful in the moment, absolutely not excusing my behavior. I like it. I want to die a thousand deaths inside when I think about it. Um, and showed up, you know, for a reason for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. I yeah, think I mean, too, same. like for to, to to talk about the good side of that, because to your point, Lee, it's not all bad. Um, it gave it was for someone like me who went and like Lee, you were similar in your uh earlier um like working life path, did a very traditional degree, very traditional job. And so thinking about working in an environment outside of a um, you know. Uh, secure pension like all of the like typical um basic job things like you go to work you get paid for your work you get paid vacation like just all the very like uniformity that goes along with that um to think about working in a different way was something that had never I'd never been exposed to and um someone like Rachel Hollis detailing and this is becomes problematic as well but detailing how she created her own way of working was quite eye-opening for me and I can't say that it didn't at least at that period of my life have something to do with you know now I mean I've got one business I've got one planned we're for opening about a year and a bit from now and I'm working on two other ones and there's zero percent chance that I would have done that if I hadn't been surrounded in that environment at that Mm -hmm. period of time. But where it's Mm -hmm. problematic and you see this over and over and over again, or one of the ways it's problematic is somebody who has themselves done something and then therefore thinks that they know the formula for everybody else to do it. And it, that's just not, it's, and this is where we can really get into the bits and pieces of it. When you look at someone like Rachel Hollis, who is like, I did this, she did this with a husband who was a Disney executive paying the bills. Uh, yep. Right. <laughs> totally. So yeah. it's not the yeah. same. And, like, so and a, that's and a, a staff difference. of people, right? Like, yeah, I don't totally. have a staff of people. You didn't have a staff of people, right? Like at best, yes. maybe you have a couple of people who come in a couple of times a week to help you, but it's certainly not a staff, right? Correct. Correct. And I mean, if we even look at my day today, I was telling Annika, my stupid straightening iron died right? Beyonce would not be going, well, shit. Now I have to find time because my hair is garbage without a straightening iron. Today I am dragging my two-year-old somewhere to get a straightening iron. Like Beyonce's not dealing with that. A, she's not dragging her kids anywhere because they have childcare a hundred percent all of the time. And B, she has people who will go find her a straightening iron. 
you know, just like at a really privileged micro level, like she's not, I feel like those two, those are some of the pieces that I feel like just are still invisible in our lives. When we talk about being able to achieve, like, even if Mm -hmm. you're lucky enough to have the privilege of somebody cleaning your house or, Mm -hmm. you know, some amount of childcare, whether that's free or paid, however you've sorted it out, it's Mm -hmm. these little nitpicky like meal planning, uh, picking yep. something up at the drugstore that just bleed pieces of your time. And then when we're left with like, you have the same number of hours in your day, even if you have all of the support and privilege, y- you still don't. You know? Totally. Totally. And it does the, the thing too, that's so problematic with a phrase, like you have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce is also that, um, it has a real that sort of um, if you do it, if it doesn't work out, you did it wrong underlying right. theme. We see so much where it's if you aren't a raging success um, by whatever standard you measure it by, it's because you didn't do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it oh, really, you didn't lose weight on my diet plan. You must have done it wrong. Oh, you, you didn't, didn't get right. enlightenment through my yoga course. Well, you didn't do it right. That's on you. Yeah. So, and a lot of times you see things like, oh, I, I you know, well, the energy you bring to it's important. And sure, right. like of course, yes, attitude is important. Mindset is important. All of these things are, of course, they're important. But when everything is dependent on, it's just such an easy way out, right? Well, you just didn't mm-hmm. do it right. Yeah. You, you weren't focused. Well, you weren't whatever. Yes. Yes. And here's the other thing. Mindset is never, ever, ever, ever as important as privilege ever. Totally. Yeah. And those yeah. are the conversations also not happening in this world of like, I, I feel like this is especially heavy in the wellness world of like, yeah. you've just got to, you know, good vibes only. Right. Yes. Good vibes only. And this weird thing, um, you know, that, and if anybody who's been within this space will know what I mean in a heartbeat, but the whole concept of up leveling or leveling up mm. is such a pervasive one because the, as soon as you're feeling overwhelmed or like not great with, uh, your workflow, your life, like anything, it's like, Oh, you must be up leveling. You're just getting ready to level up when you're in that uncomfortable place. You're getting, you're going to level up, not like you're it's just before it. the magic happens. Yeah. Right. And the right, amount of times yep. I would like really push through feeling really not good because I was, it was a good thing. I was leveling up and I needed to like, I don't know, have a nap. Like I was overdoing it. <laughs> you needed to not, you needed to set your alarm for like 7am rather than 5am for a couple yeah, of days in a row or yeah. <laughs> skip and your so workout this, or this whole concept for people who have no fucking clue what up leveling is, um, is that you, it's like, it sort of feeds off of the whole, um, everything has a vibration, um, concept And when you're doing something different, it's like your primitive self feels fear because it's different and you're going to be outed from the tribe because you're doing something different. And so you feel unsafe, but that's just the feeling you get before you step into the next level of like whatever. And it also just be, might be how you feel because you've completely overdone what you're doing and, or it just really doesn't align with what you believe. Maybe it's up leveling. Maybe it's burnout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, I think the burnout thing is a really critical, a really critical conversation to have around 
because I think that there's so much potentially helpful stuff around, you know, ideas around how to structure your day better around, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to achieve something here is how you sort of like break it down into like manageable steps. Like this is a pathway that you can create for yourself in order to like get there. Right. I think some of that stuff's really helpful. The problem is, is that the only goal in all of this is the sort of pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, which is success Mm -hmm. as defined by capitalism. And Mm -hmm. capitalism itself is the thing that is telling you that if you are resting, if you are not really squeezing out every single second of every single day, you are wasting things. And Mm -hmm. as someone who um, really ran in that sort of way for years straight, like years straight. I mean, I climbed the mountain, like I did the thing, right? Like I got to the top of the heap. Um, and then once I finally sort of was there and moved, we moved after that, which was also a whole big thing. Like my body gave out, like my body was Mm. just like, Nope, you have no more options here. Mm -hmm. Like you did the thing and good for you. And now you're like, whatever, quote unquote, living the life. And also like your body is done. Like I have never had pervasive exhaustion. Like I did. I never had sort of like a general sense of like, what the actual hell am I doing as I did? Um, and there's so much shame in that because seemingly there are people who can just go and go and go and go and go and go and go. But the fact is, is that there's always going to be fallout. I mean, Rachel Hollis herself, like Mm -hmm. she's had major fallout, you know, like, Mm -hmm you know, her and Dave's relationship fell apart and not to say that that had to do with necessarily her boss babe mentality, but I don't know that it didn't, you know, like maybe well, it they did. had a whole couples podcast about how oh, to have a they happy ever. Re- like, like, I mean, I mean, that's not just happy how to have, an, how to have yeah. an exceptional marriage. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think that this is part of it too, is that it, it is this binarification again, not a word, but of, <laughs> like, you know, goals. And unfortunately for those of us who are achievement oriented, like me, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, why do the good thing when I could do the exceptional thing? I mean, heck I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm like wrestling with that right now. I mean, like, you know, I'm in the middle of my master's degree. It's been a grind. It's been awesome. And I've really liked it. And it's also been a grind because it just literally never stops. It never freaking stops. It's always a ton of work. It's a ton of work. And already I'm like, well, why stop here? I should go get my PhD. I should go blah, 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 right. And like, I may do that, but I can also, now I have enough sort of distance and wisdom and therapy under my belt to recognize like, oh, that's that part of me. That's just like, oh, well, if it's good, why don't we make it exceptional? Right. And it's, it's a hard message too, because over the years of working with literally thousands of people, exceptional is not what everybody wants. Like not even no, like not no. Even well, I feel like it's this kind of like quote unquote main character syndrome that we see a lot, right? It's mm-hmm. like I better, I better be the best. I better, you know, again to use your phrasingly, climb to the top of the heap. But like somebody always is going to have to pick up the garbage. Do you know what I mean? Like literally, as well as metaphorically. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. There have to be people that are happy to deliver the mail and, you know, mountain bike with their dog on weekends and have that be their fulfillment. Again, it's like the lie capitalism has sold us, right? That everything has to be exceptional and you have to be Mm -hmm. the best all the time. Mm -hmm. And also it has to be tied to financial achievement. 
right? So yeah. I can't just like be the best enjoying parenting or like painting if nobody sees it and you don't sell it. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and Rachel Hollis is a fantastic example of that, right? I mean, she was, she has always been very, very clear that her goals were, you know, very much financially, financially and fame and sort of power mm-hmm. oriented, which is a really interesting thing because, and this is where I think that, you know, looking at kind of the fact that like, she's a woman who is talking about these things, but really she's just repackaging the same like masculine heteronormative, you know, patriarchal capitalistic yeah. bullshit that like all these other men have been touting this whole time. I think the interesting thing about it is just how, you know, she was able to kind of repackage that. It's an interesting thing too, because, you know, you listen to some of her stuff and she's like everything. I mean, I haven't listened to Rachel Hall in a really long time, so I really shouldn't say if she's doing this now, but you know, like for a long time, she would say in the same breath, I'm exhausted. This is hard. I don't want to get up at 4am, but also Mm -hmm. I want to, I don't want to have this thing that I've told everybody that I'm going to want. And so Mm -hmm. to look at just how much fear is behind that and how much like, you know, on the one breath, she's saying you are enough. And then on the other breath, she's like, but I'm getting up at 4am. And so you should too, (laughs) you know, there's like, if you really want that thing, you better actually be, you know, willing to work for it. Yeah. When most people are already working way harder than they need to most of the time anyways, actually. Totally. And I, you know, I think for me, what it, my experience of this whole thing, cause I'm well-versed in it is that it came down to working towards achievement out of a sense of that's what I needed to do to survive. So, you know, for me, it was a whole thing around the feeling in my body that was propelling me to work literally every single minute that I was awake for probably, I don't know, four or five years, um, was this sense of, if I don't, then we will not survive. It literally had that like do or die sort of feeling in my body, which is crazy. We would not have we would not have died. We would not have ended up Nobody on the, would have on perished. The no, it's a very, um, again, black and white sort of way of, of looking at everything. And unfortunately, I mean, we really could get into the fact that, you know, Rachel Hollis's primary audience was like white, you know, Christian, you know, mm-hmm. middle, middle-class women. And that binary they a lot of these women have been raised with that binary their whole lives. It's like what they understand, mm-hmm. what they understand. Well, is it's, it's, bad. it's not even a binary. It's just fact, right? It's like, right. there couldn't possibly be any other way. Cause this has been my experience my whole life. Right. And they're taught that it's like, you are either doing the good thing or you are sinful. You are either following what well, your church or your pastor or Jesus or the Bible or whoever it is says, or you are being sinful. And also, by the way, you're also in- inherently sinful. So keep working all the time at that, at that thing. Right. And Uh so it's a tricky, I think there's a tricky conflation there between like work and worth and goals and achievement and goodness, goodness and worthiness Mm -hmm. and value and what is valuable and what is valuable work and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I think that this is where a lot of women just got burnt out on this. You know, the women who Mm -hmm. initially thought, oh, this is great. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really tune up my day, which fair, like good tune up your day a little bit. If you need to, if you're realizing like, Oh yeah, I've got huge pockets of time where I'm just like blowing time and it's not really serving me and it doesn't feel good. Then like, fine. 
but also, you know, maybe those pockets of time were actually like your rest time. (laughs) Maybe they were like your intellectual Mm -hmm. downtime. Maybe they were like a little bit of quiet space in your day. Like maybe they had value and maybe that's why you were doing it. Anna and I can totally speak to this because we are legitimately morning people. There's this weird obsession with the morning routine. And I am a morning person. And I have done, I've been a nurse for 15 years. I have had to wake up to work at 5 a.m. for 15 years. Like that was just part mm-hmm. of how I got to work on time um, <laughs> and commuted. Like that's just the way it was. And I do love mornings. So I, my personal opinion of morning routine is if it's something that really sets you off to a good day then that's so amazing and you should do it. But this like obsession with the 5 a.m. Like why 5 a.m.? Everybody's like 5 a.m., 5 a.m. And then Rachel Hollish pushed it to 4 a.m. Because I mean, she needed more hours in the day. You just need a little more time. Because Beyonce has the same hours. But 5 a.m. I notice I've actually, and I don't, again, I don't know, but I I notice I've never heard Beyonce like preach the value of getting up at 5 a.m. Again, I don't know. Maybe she I mean, maybe she does, or maybe she just, but well, maybe she just doesn't tell people when she wakes up. up. (laughs) Well, right. Because we don't need to be prescriptive about it, kind of to exactly your point, right? Well, also, she's a rock star. Rock stars are not getting up early in the morning because they're all up late. She's at a show until 1 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. She's at a show and she can't go to bed until like three because she has to come off of said show. So, Beyonce is not getting up at four. Yeah, getting up at four is, is for farmers. Sorry. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There's purpose there. They got to feed the cows. So I used to get up at 4.30 to, you know, prove my worth in my own way because I was doing a business that at that point in time was in a saturated industry and I felt like the only way I could get ahead was if I worked more than other people and newsflash, it still didn't work. Um, in the particular situation that I was, you know, trying to be successful within. And when I stopped, when I sort of realized, gosh, I'm tired, this isn't working. And to be honest, I had to go back to work to maintain my nursing license. Um, there was a pandemic that was in full blown everything. And, you know, I really morally, that is the work that I needed to be doing as well. Um, it wasn't sustainable. So I ended up like now today, I don't do this forced wake up. And I used to, this is the irony. I used to force myself up at 4.30 and then force myself to meditate. And there was nothing relaxing about meditating. At, like to a timer. <laughs> meditating at gunpoint. <laughs> at gunpoint to a timer because nothing says freeing your mind, like setting a timer and then, um, like forcing myself to have, like, I had this very rigid routine because of all these other people who said it was, you know, the right thing to do because it worked maybe for them. Right. Did necessarily going to work for me or maybe didn't even work for them. Maybe didn't work for them. Told. Uh Yeah. 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 And now I just wake up. I mean, I have a puppy right now, same as Lee. So I, if I get up early, then he wakes up and I have to go hang out with like a jacked puppy. So I just <laughs> not relaxing, up, not, not a relaxing. Way to start your day. <laughs> yeah. So I just wake up when I wake up. And as I know for me personally, after all this, I need a cup of hot coffee without people asking mm-hmm. me to do things before I start my uh-huh. day. And that doesn't have yeah. to happen at 5 a.m. 
my oldest wakes up at 6.30. She comes downstairs and she's very happy just reading a book. Like she doesn't, I can still have that quiet. I just need to not like talk to people while I have my cup of coffee. That's it. So I need that 10 minutes of peace. And that for me is good enough for me to have a good, feel like I've got a good start on the day. Well, and I think it's so interesting kind of to your point, Jenny, I also am a morning person. Like I am literally the girl who in high school would set my alarm for 6am so I could get up and read the Bible before I went to school. Um, as other teenagers are like sleeping into five minutes before school. Um, that's just kind of who I've always been. And I really do also love getting up in the morning and having that time, but that's just because that's literally who I've been since like the age of 12. That's just naturally Mm -hmm. who I am. And I don't think it, there's anything that makes me a morally better person because I like to get up at, I like to get up at five. I like to get up and have an hour of meditating and creativity. And oftentimes if I have work things to do, I can really focus and bang them out really quickly. I also Mm -hmm. absolutely must be caffeinated in silence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but sometimes I just get up and I read a book. Like it doesn't, I just, that it's, it's alignment time for me, but it doesn't have to look like taking the box of what somebody else thinks I need to be doing. And it's really funny because I, one of my, um, girlfriends was really struggling with this in this kind of boss babe era, because she is somebody who is in richly, deeply creative human being. And her wave of creativity starts at like 10 PM. So she will run from 10 PM to 2 AM and create all this incredible stuff. And then was like feeling guilty because she gets woken up by her kids in the mornings and is like cranky for the first hour, because that's how her day starts. And she felt like she was failing when the reality is she has this opportunity to create in a way that feels beautiful and perfect and aligned to her but doesn't feel like it's the quote unquote right thing to do or the right way Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And that's, and that's the point is that it doesn't have to look like any specific thing. Like your day doesn't have to look like my day. And for whatever Mm -hmm. reason within that sort of um, cult of productivity type mentality, it's all about this hyper scheduled, like they seem to be able to, like, if you can't list out, what all the things you're doing that day. And I love a good list. I, I think most (laughs) achiever personalities fucking love a to-do list and taking shit off. Like it's the best. I write stuff on it. I've already done just so I can take it off. off. Like absolutely that person. Yep. Yes. So I am a hundred percent not bashing lists, but I find it really fascinating that so many of these particularly sort of new age business gurus have very, very tight schedules. And it's all about like, I only talk to people between these hours and these hours. I only check my text messages between this time and this time, which I do. I get if you're going to be distracted by your phone, like, yes, for sure. Eliminate distractions. But like, I would also hate to intentionally just ignore people for, because that's the block that I have set to not look at because it's 1 PM. So I can't possibly talk to my best friend. (laughs) Yeah. Like I just, the, the super hyper organization, I think is, it seems appealing. Like even to me who Mm -hmm. has had a lot of therapy and yeah, doesn't actually subscribe. That's not how I tick. I still find it like perversely motivating seeing hyper-organized people be hyper-organized, even though I know that that is not how I function. I will very Uh likely never function that way, 
but why is it still so appealing? Like why? So like, why so do I, I love I, it so much? Yeah, I have thoughts around that for sure. Please, Please tell, me tell the us the psychology around that. Well, <laughs> I mean, I can tell you a little bit the psychology, but I can also tell you my own experience because I found it the exact opposite thing. I am someone who presents type A, but I'm really not. Like I am really, really, really not a type A person. I can achieve like a type A person. I can mm. like be responsible can, like a type A person. You can put on the mask of yep, a type A person. I can. <laughs> I can put the skin suit on of a type A person, but I am not a type A person. Back when I was coaching, you know, I remember my husband came and picked me up at school one day and um, the school I was working at. And one of my colleagues said to him like, wow, you know, what's it like being married to such a type A you know, achiever. And he laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> He's like, yeah, she is not a type A. Like guys, I went to art school. Like, you know, <laughs> I am so the true. person who is forever bewitched by the idea that a planner will work for me and they never fucking work for me. <laughs> I no, they feel don't like I have, I feel like I've been on the planner journey with you, Lee. That's like, this yeah, is going to be the one. Planners. Time, oh my God. One. I have spent yeah. so much money on planners. Like so I think much money. This was on. the first year I didn't like buy a, a planner with, I, I actually have a giant dry erase board. That's a calendar. And when I bought it, Dave was like, you will never use that. And he wasn't <laughs> yeah. wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's a funny thing because for a long time I would see these hyper-scheduled people. And I mean, I can, I can like play at that for like a bit and I can definitely play at that out of like sheer necessity, you know, like if for example, I really only have two days to get a hundred things accomplished. I can play at that first, the short period, but it is like, not my, it doesn't, it doesn't fill me up. It does not give me any sort of sense of well-being it really really drains me and for a long time I judged myself so hard for not being able to to do that and you know Mm -hmm. for not being able to super super schedule super organize use a planner have all these like you know highly boundaried times I just couldn't do it and then the therapist I was working at with at the time she asked me she was like yeah so what evidence do you have that the way that you're doing things isn't working for you and I was like oh Um, none. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm doing all the things I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting shit done. And she was like, right. So I think, you know, it's kind of like when people show their perfect houses with like cutlery drawers with every single thing aligned, you know, like oh, bless those people. <laughs> yeah. There's like a visual sense of order that we find really appealing, but Houses with no clutter on surfaces is I'm like, how I, I want that. Yeah, want exactly. But like the fact but is, I don't is live that, like, there. It takes an incredible amount of work and upkeep. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, uh, homie, don't play like that. You know, like I just, mm-hmm. I just, I'm just not there. And so it's a, I think it's a, it's a funny thing. I actually got asked to speak once on being someone who was successful, but who did it in a different way once and the blank looks that I got from the women who were up there with their oh, like, wow. perfectly color-coded everything and their you know reminders on their phones and their this that and the other thing these are also the people who like 
worked out exactly perfectly every day and completely, you know, masterminded and controlled every calorie that went into their mouth and all this kind of stuff. They just looked at me. They just couldn't understand. And I was like, dude, I don't understand you. You have no fluidity in your life. You have no fucking flow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like everything you are slave to your schedule. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, it's a tricky thing because I think then this is also where it ties back into that. Like, well, if it's not working for you, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I can tell you as someone who has like really done the things. No, I wasn't doing it wrong. It's not working for you because it doesn't work for you. Oh (laughs) yeah. But that's not something I can market. That's not something I can teach. That's not something I can charge, you know, like charge on a course for. Right. Yeah, which is it's again, not duplicatable. Uh, do you know what's funny is so um, on Instagram stories, I used to um, do like time lapses of organizing the kitchen and the, the, I would get always get so many comments about people that were like, I like to do my kitchen at bedtime. So that when I wake up, I have this nice clean house. And I was like, I used to try and make excuses for why I would do it in the morning. And then I just was like, you know what? Like, we're tired at the end of the day and we don't feel like cleaning the kitchen after dinner. And usually the dishwasher is already full of, like, or running from the daytime. Cause we have three kids. My husband works from That's home. I'm home a lot of the time. <laughs> like we literally fill a dishwasher during the day. It runs usually during dinner time. Then, you know, like it's like always full and running. The dishwasher is always full and running. And I don't need to make that excuse anyways. That's whatever. But we just don't, we reset the kitchen in the morning while I'm doing the lunches, whatever, when I get back from dropping the kids off, that's just the system we've come into. Um, and then Dave does the afternoon version of it. And that's just the flow we've come with. And like, yeah, would it be really nice to have our kitchen completely clear and perfect every morning when I come downstairs? Yeah, it'd be great. But also not at the expense of Mm-hmm. being so miserable doing it because I'm tired and I don't want to, and I'd rather just like, go read a book or, or whatever. But I always find it so fascinating how many people would take time out of their day to send a message saying, you know, it'd be such a great start <laughs> I'm for your just day. Go ahead and judge you for the way that you've chosen to live your totally. life. And some of it totally irrelevant it, thing. <laughs> and a lot of it wasn't even judgy. It was just like, it had never occurred right. to me that I could do it at the end of the day and then not have to do it in the morning. <laughs> right (laughs) oh no it occurred to me no 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 I I I do know that's what people do thank you yeah um it's just not my priority right I think it's really um you know I know kind of on our like uh eternally uh beautifully long voice memos um chat thread we talk a lot about, you know, kind of feeling like, wow, I feel a little bit freer when I stop trying to put myself in this box of like, Mm. it has to look like this and it has to happen Mm -hmm. in this order and it can't include this and it must include this. Um, you know, the last two weeks I've really been struggling with my mental health and where previously I would have just like, beat myself up about it and push through and still not, you know, accomplished or created anything because like I'm, literally dying inside. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But like, but feeling bad about it and then continuing to feel bad for even longer. This Mm -hmm. was one of the first times I felt like I'm just going to sit down and read my books and have some tea, um, and actually just like let myself rest. And I think Lee, I think you have mentioned this and it, 
I keep coming back to it because I just have found it so helpful is like, if I was physically sick, I would not expect myself. I mean, Mm. now I wouldn't, I would have two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, absolutely expected myself to just like blow my nose and push through it. Um, but now I know enough to know, you know what, if I need, if I'm physically ill, I just need to take a break and that's okay. And our mental health doesn't have to be any different than that. No. But there is no space for that. If you live in this very rigid achievement based, you know, boss babe box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. And I think that just really ties into, um, the other side of it is as a boss babe, God, I hate that hate but love the term because it really encompasses <laughs> it's it's like it, but it's just it's eye gouging that people use it like seriously um but I think the the thing is when you are in that boss babe mentality it's really bad for branding if you don't feel awesome yes because if you can't just a, push through and achieve and get it done bad for business. If you got sick, because if you're preaching a healthy Mm -hmm. lifestyle and all that stuff, then heaven forbid you be susceptible to any cold, (laughs) especially not if you're running yourself into the ground repeatedly, but so that's bad for business. (laughs) And it's also bad for business to not have a good mindset. Mm -hmm. And so when you have decided that your branding essentially is based off of your healthy lifestyle and your Mm -hmm. awesome mindset and you don't leave space for the fact that zero humans always feel great ever (laughs) then right yeah right and it comes back to this like oh you've done it wrong then you've done it wrong oh you're sick well you did it wrong well and then what happens is when you are not feeling great or you are you are in a space that's bad for business optically Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. you just don't share it so then right. it's like it never happened. It doesn't exist. So right. then it doesn't normalize it. So when you have all these other people that are sort of following in the same footsteps and they don't see any single anybody, you know, having these issues, then th- it becomes like, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me. If I'm feeling like that, I've done it wrong. Mm-hmm. So and it perpetuates mm-hmm. and it becomes this really vicious vicious cycle. And honestly, when you just embrace the fact that like, we're all humans having a human experience and human experience looks like not having great mental health hundred percent of the time. And that doesn't have to even be diagnosable mental health issues. That could be like fucking PMS, man. Yeah. Right. You're allowed to have bad days. You're allowed to get sick. You're allowed to rest just for the sake of rest. That's the other thing too. I feel like in this kind of cycle is like, oh, I just like, I, you know, I just needed, I unplugged. I just needed some time to recharge rather than like, I burned myself out and then I got really sick. Right. It's like, it's even in that languaging around what we need rather than like, I just felt like I needed to take some time this afternoon. So I had a nice cup of tea and read my book like no it's 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 all it's all branded very intentionally right yeah yeah and I think that's where it gets really um tricky and that's where social media is so brutal because it's it's a highlight reel and I hate saying it's a highlight Mm -hmm. reel because it's very cliche but it's so true you're not yeah people and even people will performatively show themselves recharging, right? (laughs) If you're truly recharging, you are not taking a photo. There is no picture of it. There's no picture of it. You're recharging. Well, and And even if it's like, oh, like highlights from my weekend when I was unplugged, it's like, 
I mean, but you not weren't to say, unplugged, right? Not to say that you can't. I mean, I have a girlfriend who's super into photography, and she literally would take pictures of recharging because that's what she does. But yes, for the average person, it's like, am I really in the moment if I'm like thinking about making this look like a good shot? <laughs> yes, and I think the thing is, I, and I I do believe there are people out here who can do this genuinely, and I don't want to need everybody with the same stroke, but for the vast majority of the population, we are really thinking about what we post on social media Mm -hmm. and anything that you are posting on social media is by, by the fact that you have to take the picture, write the caption, maybe edit the photo. Like there's really I would argue it'd be very challenging to find a space where you can do that without pulling from being in the moment. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that it's impossible. It would be impossible for me to in the moment, take a picture, post it, all that stuff without pulling me from the moment. I could take a picture and then like days later. Yeah. Post and do all that stuff. And that would be fine. Like for me, taking a photo doesn't pull from it. Um, but the act of uploading and whatnot does. Well, and I also feel like there's, there's a difference between like taking a photo in a special moment and staying in that moment or taking Mm -hmm. like three different shots from different angles Mm -hmm. so that you're sure you have the right one afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have some friends who have very large Instagram accounts and all of that stuff's pre-recorded folks. Like when you're seeing stuff, like it's a job. (laughs) So they record and then they might be uploading stuff from a month ago. Right. Right. All of this stuff, it gets submitted. It gets approved by brands. Like, like this is not happening in real time. You are not seeing, Mm -hmm. I I don't think you are seeing any, um, large accounts that are, you know, monetized on Instagram doing things in real time. You're just not seeing that. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this fake productivity because you're like, holy shit, look at all the stuff they did today. And it's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) That didn't happen today. Right. Right. That didn't happen today. Yeah. You know, and again, to your point that just further creates this cycle of like, must do, must accomplish, Mm -hmm. must create, must live in this very narrow productivity box Mm -hmm. because look what everyone else is doing. I I don't think in any world, like creating guardrails for our lives is ever a bad idea when we need that to function. Like I would love to just be loosey goosey go with the flow all the time, but I'll tell you what would never happen. And that's dinner because I hate it. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You got to train yeah. your puppy. You got to get your puppy when, together. It's fine. Yeah, and when you I have do. a change in routine, it totally throws you off. Right. And oh, I yeah. think most people do well with some semblance of a routine, not like a hyper scheduled day necessarily, but just sort of knowing, like just being able to predict workflow or flow of the day. And oh, you can't totally. do that with a puppy. No. And that is, that's the thing that we're finding. It's funny because my whole parenting life, I've endeavored to subscribe to like, honoring the rhythm of the day. So like, instead of being like really rigid to a schedule, which never worked for me, never worked for my family. I do know some people who are like very loosey goosey and had kids who like super needed a schedule to function and be happy, but those were not my kids. And so we always just sort of subscribe to this, like the rhythm of the day. So like sort of the in breath and out breath throughout the day of what happens when, and it's not necessarily subscribed to a time, but more like a okay, now it's time for this. Now it's time for that. As opposed to like, it has to happen at 1230. Mm -hmm. And now we have a puppy who we've had for a week and he's awesome. And also he's growing like a actual proverbial 
weed in the springtime and we <laughs> don't start puppy obedience classes until may 17th because that's the earliest we could get him in because we can't take him until he's had both sets of shots but like you know what i need what i need for this dog to do is mostly sleep during the day when i'm trying to do school or trying to do a podcast or trying to do anything that's like really focused productive work so what is that going to mean that's going to mean i'm going to need to wear him out ahead of time so probably mm-hmm. go for a walk probably play outside for a bit now it's really lovely outside so that's easier to do but again we only got him last week right and last week he was way sleepier than he is now he's like right. waking up. <laughs> you know so he was it, stressed out yeah it's a it's a it, it is a funny thing and this is where i also think like when we're too tied to a schedule as opposed to like actually what's happening in our present lives that's where there can be some friction that's where there can be some tension you know, about like, well, I had planned to do this and it never happened because X, Y, Z happened. Right. Like kind oh, yeah, of the figure that the like plans that nobody knows about, but you planned in your head and yeah. then it's not respected by <laughs> yeah. other people because they couldn't read your brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> I don't know anything about those plans, <laughs> but I think, I think one of the sort of larger issues around this is that then we have a sense of failure right? Mm-hmm. Is like, oh, I failed. I fucking failed at that today. Like I was trying to get blah, 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 done. And then I failed. Right. As opposed to kind of holding it loosely and kind of going, okay, okay. <laughs> like life actually has to happen here. And you know, what's that going to look like? And blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Anyways, I don't know. It's, I think the challenge for me to sort of like put a bow on this, on this whole thing is that it's important to try this stuff out, to see mm-hmm. what parts of it are helpful for you and what parts are not mm-hmm. helpful for you. And it's also important to recognize that if we are constantly turning to other people and other people's ways for a sense of like what to do, unless we can sort of hold it in that loose way of like, I'm going to take what works for me and leave the rest and lose any kind of judgment that we might have some self-judgment around like, oh, it doesn't look like her stuff right. Then that can be, that can be really hard. It's really important to sort of just go like, okay, well, I am my own person. I'm my own person who does things differently and that's okay. So let's see, I'd like to have things go a little better in this way. Let's see how I can do that. And also just be willing to try, right. Sort of have that, you know, a little bit middle way approach as opposed to it. Like I rocked it or I failed at it. Just kind of like, well, this kind of worked, right. but this kind of didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I liked this part or this worked this day, but then this just didn't ha- come together on this other day and just holding it with that sort of like sense of grace around our days mm-hmm. and just knowing like we're people and people, <laughs> people got a people, you know, people we're are people not machines. and we're surrounded by other people. <laughs> yeah. And puppies, goddamn puppies. They're so cute, but they're so difficult <laughs> babies <Intense>. honestly why <laughs> well and anytime somebody's sharing their opinion of how to be successful it's literally their opinion and probably what worked for them yeah right and yeah. it's that grain of salt and maybe try some of it on and maybe waking up earlier is great for you and maybe it's not like mm-hmm. and that's all okay just experiment with it like you say and girl wash your face <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> Thanks so much.
much for listening to Meet Me in the Middle. We really appreciate your support. And if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast, it would mean the world to us.